Lift up your voice, lift up your voice, lift up your voice, lift up your voice, lift up your voice. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I feel that I'm in the vein of the Spirit this morning. There's already been a, a theme, if you will, or we might say a vein of the Spirit flowing. And I believe that the vein of the Spirit that we are moving within today is the miraculous. I believe that God wants to heal. I said, I believe that God wants to heal people today. And in many ways, perhaps not just in the ways that we might think of on the surface, but God is going to do something very powerful today. And when we are weak, he is strong. So you might be in service today feeling like you're weak, but I've got good news for you. It's not about you. <laughs> I said, it's not about you. He is strong. He is able. And he is here. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 14. Luke chapter 4 and verse number 14. We'll read a few scriptures together here. This is Jesus going home, so to speak. And uh, as it often is at home, things don't necessarily go as planned. Huh. Luke 14, 4 and 14 says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Look at your neighbor and say, even Jesus went to church. I'm just going to leave that there for you. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. And he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And I'd like to preach for just a moment. Brokenhearted worship and humble hallelujahs. Brokenhearted worship and humble hallelujahs. And before we pray, I'd like to make this statement from what we will find in this sermon. Not a single prideful person has ever been healed. 
Not a single prideful heart has ever been touched by God until it has been broken and it has been humbled. Can we put our Bibles down and can we lift up our hands and let's say, Lord, we need you. If you need a miracle, you ought to just ask God to help you right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I bind every spirit that would try to make its way into this congregation, Lord. I plead the blood over our minds, over our hearts, over our souls, God. I pray that you would move in this place. I pray that there would be miracles that would happen, oh God. Lord God, we humble ourselves in your presence. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Could we do that? Could we give him praise with our voices, with our hands, with our feet? Come on, with everything you've got, would you just give him praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make a joyful noise, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Brokenhearted worship and humble hallelujahs. I, I'm struck by the fact in Scripture Jesus performed more miracles than the Bible even records. The Gospel of John closes by saying that there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Jesus did so much more than we even know about that we, we could never even talk about it. We wouldn't have the time. And yet he did so much that we do know about. If you were to ask people uh, to describe the life of Jesus, they would probably mention Calvary first. I hope so. Uh, but secondly, they would probably mention the fact that he was a healer. He was a miracle worker. And then they might mention that he was a teacher. Jesus healed everything from withered hands to demon-possessed children. He, he made the lame to walk, the dumb to speak, the blind to see. He cleansed the lepers. He did miracle after miracle. He fed the hungry. He turned water into wine. He was a healer. He was a miracle worker. It was supernatural. And you can go through the Gospels and you see unique miracle after unique miracle. And yet, when Jesus spoke of miracles, he only focused on the broken hearted. The only bodily organ Jesus ever singled out and said that he came to heal was the broken heart. That's why worship with a whole heart is so precious to him because it begins with a broken heart. If you can worship God with your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul, and all your strength, I can guarantee you it began with a broken heart on an old altar where you said, Lord, take it and rearrange it. That's where it began. And God is not interested in receiving half-hearted hallelujahs. He's not interested in our self-righteous hallelujahs. He's not interested in prideful hallelujahs. God is only moved and interested in humble hallelujahs. 
Humble hallelujahs come from broken hearts that know they cannot fix their brokenness by themselves. Healing physical ailments was always intended to bring people to the revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. It was always intended to bring people to the revelation that he was the mighty God in Christ. It was always intended to bring people to the revelation that he was God with us. How many are thankful that you have a revelation of who Jesus is today? You're already there. You've already had the advantage because we know there's power in the name of Jesus. We know there's salvation in the name of Jesus. And all of these things that Jesus did in the miracle side of things was intended to bring people to the message side of what he was saying. And so it was always Jesus' mission to take the stony heart of flesh out of us and replace it with a tender spiritual heart of love. Every lame leg that was healed and every storm that he calmed was a reminder that Jesus was in the broken heart fixing business. Even raising the dead was a reminder that Jesus came to take hearts that could no longer pump blood and breathe the breath of life into death. Jesus can take a purposeless heart and give it purpose. Jesus can take a peaceless heart and give it peace. Jesus can take a joyless heart and give it joy. Jesus can take a shattered heart and put it back together again and make it whole. That's why most people find Jesus. Listen to me now. Most people find Jesus when they're at the end of their rope and stuck somewhere at rock bottom. I talked to someone the other day and he said, when I found God, I was lower than rock bottom. He said, I'd taken a sledgehammer and I'd beat all the rock out of rock bottom and I was digging a hole to get underneath rock bottom. But Jesus found me and he picked me up and he pulled me out and he took my broken heart and he began to put it back together again does anybody have a testimony this morning that God took your heart when it was broken when it was bruised and he touched you hallelujah 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 praise God he is the mender of the brokenhearted. And you cannot come to Jesus without a broken heart. You cannot respond correctly to God without a broken heart. Pride has no business in the presence of God. That's what caused Lucifer to fall. He was in the presence of God enjoying the glory of God. And pride filled his heart and he was cast out of the presence of God. If you want to be cast out of God's presence, let pride fill your heart. But if you want to be full of glory, if you want to be full of power, if you want to be full of joy, you're going to have to be humble in his presence. It's going to take a heart that is tender. Hallelujah. I, we don't have time. I wish we could look at every miracle. But there is a theme that threads through every miracle in each of the Gospels. And the theme is that when people came to Jesus looking for a miracle, they came to him at the end of their rope. They came to him at rock bottom. 
bottom and they were humble. In fact, sometimes they were even humiliated. They would come to him begging. They would come to him screaming. They would come to him crying. It was none of this modern apostolic, oh God, if you just touch me. No, no, no. It was God, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, I need you right now. I can't make it another step until you touch me. I, I'm, I, I'm fascinated by the story of the woman who was bound with the spirit of infirmity. The Bible says she was bound by this spirit for 18 years. Now, we could quibble about this, but I believe that this woman was oppressed by a demonic spirit. I don't necessarily believe that she was oppressed, and I don't believe that this was just a physical ailment. It was a physical ailment. The oppression in her life was affecting her body. And I want you to know that spiritual oppression will affect your body and your mind. And she was so bound by this that the Bible says that she was slumped over and she could not straighten herself up. She, she would try, but she was so bound that it had affected her ability to walk correctly. And some people here today need a miracle of being able to walk with God correctly because you care so you're so bound by things uh, that you're walking through life uh, and you're trying to do right but you're so oppressed by things uh, that are dragging you down uh, that's why even when the spirit of God is flowing in this church service it's hard for you to lift up your hands uh, because you are bound uh, by a spirit of infirmity uh, it's hard for you to feel joy uh, because you're bound uh, it's hard for you to even have a spirit of happiness in your life because you're bound and while Jesus was preaching in the synagogue he saw this woman he made eye contact with her and he saw a broken hearted individual who could not find peace who could not find rest and he said that's what I came for that's what I'm looking for and all he did was look at her and say woman thou art loosed and immediately she stood up straight. I've got a word for somebody today, a woman in particular. Ma'am, thou art loosed. Ma'am, thou art loosed. In the name of Jesus, I break every stronghold that has come against your body, that has come against your mind, that is attacking your spirit. In the name of Jesus, be loosed. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody ought to stand to your feet right now. Lift up your hands. Come on, God wants to do it for you, man, but you better stand up, lift up your hands. You're loose, you're loose, you're loose, you're loose. And the Bible says that she immediately began to glorify God. If you've been loosed, you better give him a humble hallelujah right now. If God's ever loosed you, you ought to open up your mouth and glorify God until everybody in the church house hears you, until everybody driving by Tara hears you, because it's humble. It's a humble hallelujah. 
God, I wasn't worthy, but you loosed me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to women for just a moment, I guess, but the woman with the issue of blood, you can be seated. I'm not preaching long. I'm going to loose this altar. The woman with the issue of blood, she was, she was living a life of humiliation. She was legally and religiously considered unclean. That means that no one was allowed to touch her. No one was allowed to even sit in the same chair that she had previously sat on. If she slept in a bed, the bed had to be cleansed and purified before anyone else could use it. Can you imagine? Nobody wanted to invite her over to dinner. Nobody wanted her to stay at their house. Nobody wanted to be around her. She was an outcast in her own society. And for years and years and years, she had been dealing with this issue of blood, this infirmity. And it had caused her to find every avenue of help that she can imagine. She went to doctor after doctor. She went to person after person. She spent everything that she had trying to find a healing, trying to find a miracle until one day she heard that Jesus was somewhere close by and she said I don't know how I'm going to do it I'm weak in my body but I am going to get to Jesus and so she was so broken hearted that she didn't care she got down on her hands and her knees and she began to crawl towards the master she was touching people as she went meaning she was willing to make them un clean she didn't care because she was getting a miracle she didn't care what they thought about it she didn't care if they took her in front of the priests and the elders she was going to push them aside because I've got to get to Jesus because if I can just touch the hem of his garment I know that I can be made every wit whole now listen we talk a lot about the hem of his garment. Do you know why she touched the hem of his garment? We, we talk about how great her faith was. She knew that if she could just touch that garment, she'd be made whole. But I believe that this woman was so broken that she had been unclean for so long. And she had been despised and rejected for so long that she did not want Jesus to know that she had touched him. She didn't even want Jesus to know that she had reached out and touched him because she knew what that meant. She knew that by touching a holy rabbi, that would make him religiously unclean. And she thought to herself, this will anger the master. If he knows that I touched him, he'll be angry with me. Maybe he'll take the miracle away. Maybe he won't give me the miracle if I ask to be touched by him. I'm not worthy to be touched by the master. She didn't come to the altar and say, preacher, lay your hands on me. No, she didn't feel worthy of having the preacher lay his hands on her. She just thought, if I can just touch the tip of his garment, I'll be made whole and he'll never know. 
but the Bible says that when she touched his garment, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. She was walking in that humility. She didn't think she deserved it. She didn't have an ounce of pride in her body. But when she touched him, she was made every whit whole. And immediately Jesus felt the virtue flow out of his body. And he said, who is it that has touched me? He knew exactly who had touched him, but he wanted to hear it come out of her mouth. And she said, it was I, Lord. And he began to compliment her faith. She must have been amazed when she did not receive a rebuke. And the Bible says she got down on her knees and she began to worship him. It was a humble hallelujah. We need to get back to that apostolic tabernacle. If we want to see miracles, we're going to have to get to a place where we do not come with self-righteous robes. And we're not just coming with a now I lay me down to sleep prayer. It's going to take more than 30 seconds at an altar. It's going to take somebody who's willing to get down and crawl. It's going to take somebody who's willing to humble themselves and say, Jesus, I need you. I know, I know, I know we don't want to cry in front of people. I know we don't, you know, we put on our, our little apostolic mass. How are you doing? I'm fine. I got 18 knives in my back, but praise God. What you've been doing all week? Well, sinning like a dog. No, we don't say that to people. Yeah. No, no, we put on our little Pentecostal smile. We tell everyone we're doing great. But that won't get you a miracle. No, no, no. It's going to take a humble heart. Do you know why it seems like people who receive miracles are, are oftentimes in a situation that is absolutely unbearable? Because sometimes it takes that before we will humble ourselves in the presence of God. Did you know that you can even pray with pride? The Pharisees did it. The Pharisees prayed more than just about anybody, but their prayers meant nothing to God because their prayers were designed for people to hear them pray. Their prayers were designed for people to see them pray. Their prayers were designed to lift themselves up can you imagine someone who began to pray and said, well, Lord, you know, I fasted five days this week and I know that you're glad to hear from me again, Lord. No, that's not the attitude that God wants. God is looking for someone who is willing to be broken at an altar and say, Lord, I'm not worthy. Lord, I don't even know how you're going to do it. And I don't claim to understand. We need someone like the Roman centurion who looks at Jesus and says, Jesus, I know you can heal my servant. But God, I don't even know if I'm worthy for you to come all the way out to my house. In fact, Lord, don't even bother. I don't need you to even get up and move. All you have to do is just say the word. And if you'll say the word, I know she can be healed. We need somebody who can get in the presence of God and say, Lord, there's nothing too big for you. God, all you've got to do is just breathe into my situation. All you've got to do is just speak one word into my heart. And I know that you can change everything. 
and turn it around. Hallelujah, hallelujah. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is the story of blind Bartimaeus. And the Bible says that he heard that Jesus was coming. He heard the commotion, the Bible says. And somehow he knew that it was Jesus. And he did something interesting. He didn't ask anyone. He didn't see it would be my inclination if I was blind. I would probably go to someone like Brother Stan and I would say, hey, brother, can you can you take me over to where Jesus is? Just, you know, just some of you guys just get to just take me over. Where is he? Just and, and I'd find, you know, I'd say, who's the strongest person? I can't see, but who's the strongest person? I need four or five strong people. I need you to get in a circle around me and start pushing everyone out of the way. Just push them out of the way. And then I'm going to get to Jesus. But that's not what he did. No. He was broken. He was humble. And so he began to cry. And people rebuked him. There's always going to be someone. Don't look at your neighbor yet. (laughs) There's always going to be someone who will try to keep you from your miracle. And sometimes they're sitting by you in church. You have to make up your mind when you get in the presence of God. I don't care. If I am the only person who goes to that altar, I'm getting to Jesus. I don't care who's looking. I don't care who's talking about who. I don't care if the grapevine starts buzzing after church. I need a miracle from Jesus. I need him to do something for me. Do not let the naysayers keep you from a miracle today. I'm preaching to somebody. You are pulled. You are torn between whether or not you are going to respond to the spirit of God. I came to tell you get a spirit of blind Bartimaeus that cries out the more a great deal. I am getting the miracle. I'm getting to Jesus. I'm going to the altar. I don't care if they glare at me. I don't care if they talk about me. I don't care if the religious people people have something to say about it I need Jesus to move and so he cried out the more a great deal and then as he's crying out Jesus does something so fascinating he calls out and he said what does he want and he said come come over here to me Come over here to me. Jesus stood still, the Bible says. Anybody need Jesus to stand still for you? Now, pastors preached about this. It's fascinating. You know, Jesus could have walked over to Bartimaeus, which would have been, I think, the compassionate thing to do if someone was blind uh, and you were going to go pray for them. You usually wouldn't say, now I want you to walk all the way over here, usually You know, if it was us here in this church, we would probably go to them. If someone was in a wheelchair, we would usually go to them. But, you know, Jesus very often did not do that. Many times Jesus looked at a crippled person and says, "Uh, pick up your bed and come over here. Look at a blind person and say, I need you to come over here now. 
Not politically correct today, is it? But he was looking for something. And, and the Bible says that when Bartimaeus got up to go to Jesus, he took off his beggar's cloak. And he left it where he had been begging. And he went to Jesus. And even still, when he got to Jesus, Jesus said to him, what would you have me to do? And Bartimaeus said, now, isn't that a kind of a crazy question? Why would you ask a blind man, what can I do for you today, sir? Well, you're the miracle worker, aren't you? Bartimaeus was humble enough to look at Jesus and say, I want to be able to see. And I believe so firmly that you're the one who is able to do it. That I left my beggar's garment back there because I'm not going back to that life. Because I've already made up my mind. I'm going with you. Whatever you're doing, that's what I want to be a part of. If you need a miracle today, you're going to have to humble yourself. You're going to have to take off the garments that are holding you back. You're going to have to sometimes stumble and crawl and push your way through pride and doubt and fear and unbelief and people. But you better get there. And when you get there, Jesus will do the miracle and when he healed him he immediately began to praise God leaping with all of his might why could he worship like that I'll tell you churches that do not have loud worship you say we you know we apostolics we get made fun of a lot for our particular type of worship but I'm going to tell you something churches that do not have dancing shouting running churches that don't have any kind of enthusiasm in their worship are churches that do not know what it means to be humble in the presence of God it I'm just going to preach this for a minute here, and I'm going to get old-fashioned for a second. The same people who make fun of Christians who come to church and are exuberant with their praise are the same people that go to boxing matches and scream half-naked while people beat each other to death. It's the same people who go to football games and wear a jersey with another man's name on it and paint their face and pour beer on their forehead and scream and shout all day long on Sunday. It's those same people. We come to church with joy because we are enthusiastic about what God has done. I cannot sit down. I cannot be silent because Jesus has healed me. Jesus has has touched me Jesus has rearranged me as the musicians come I'm closing I'm closing stand with me the Syrophoenician woman this mother she was so broken her daughter was grievously vexed with the devil I'm preaching to a mama here I'm preaching to a daddy grievously vexed with the devil and had been for a long time and this woman was not a Jew 
She was not a Jew, and she was not supposed to be having anything to do with a Jewish teacher, a Jewish healer, a Jewish Messiah. She was not welcome when the disciples saw her. They wanted to send her away, but she began to worship Jesus with the brokenness that only a troubled mother can have on behalf of her baby. She said, Jesus, I know I'm not worthy. I know I'm not like you. I don't even have the right bloodline or DNA but my daughter Jesus you have to understand the preachers won't listen to me the disciples won't listen to me but if I can get to you Jesus I know you can heal my daughter and Jesus looked at her and he said I am not come for the likes of you I'm paraphrasing he said I didn't come for you hmm That's hard to hear, isn't it? Has God ever insulted you before? God's insulted me before. Do you know why? I think sometimes God wants to see your spirit. Do you recognize that I'm God and you're not? Mm. Do, Do you really believe That I am the almighty? You bow to kings, you bow to politicians, you bow to sports stars, but if I insult you a little bit, if I say no, what is that going to reveal about your heart? Because I came to heal the brokenhearted. Not the prideful hearted. And this woman said, without anger or malice, but Lord, even the dogs get a taste of the crumbs from the master's table. If all you give me is a crumb, that crumb will be enough, master. It revealed a beautiful heart, a heart without guile, a heart without pride. And Jesus was so moved that he worked a miracle on her behalf, a controversial miracle. I don't know who you are today, and I don't know what it is that you have need of, but I believe very strongly there are people who need miracles for their children, their grandchildren. I believe there are people who need miracles in their body. I believe there are people who need miracles in their finances. I believe there are people today who need a miracle in your mind because your mind is under attack and you are weighted down by the oppression of the enemy. And I'm going to tell you what you need to do. If you want a miracle, I'm about to pray a prayer of faith, but I'm going to invite you to come. And the first thing you have to do is make up your mind. Nothing is going to stop me from getting in the presence of the Lord. Don't let anything or anybody stop you. The second thing you need to do is come with your worship and your praise. Come with a humble hallelujah. But I don't feel worthy. That's all right. Just worship Him. Just worship Him. But my life isn't everything it should be. That's okay. He can make an exception. But come worshiping Him. Come with your voice lifted. 
root out every vestige of pride and say, Lord, I'm not worthy, but it's not about me. It's about you. It's about you. That's it. Keep on coming. Press in. Press in. God could heal cancer right here, right now in this altar. Make your way. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith right now. And when I do, I want you to reach out to him. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood over every attack of the enemy right now. God, I pray against every cancer. Lord, I pray against diabetes. Lord, I pray, oh God, against financial difficulty, every sickness, Lord. I pray against the spirit of depression and backsliding, God. I pray against the spirit of promiscuity, Lord. I pray against the spirit of suicide right now. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood right now. God, I come against every warring adversary that would bend them and cripple them and keeping from meeting their full potential. I come against every demon in hell that would bind them so they cannot walk in the spirit. And Lord, right now, I pray the prayer of faith that you would move. I ask it in the name of Jesus and let it be loosed right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Changed my life, you thought I was worth.